Amen. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we ask for your presence right now upon us. We pray for the Shakana glory to be here. Servant is here to speak your word. Give me, O oh God, access to your mind and to your heart. And let me speak your word undiluted and unadulterated. We thank you, God, that you sent forth your word and your word healed them all. We thank you for the power of your word. We thank you for the power of your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give him praise and take your seat. We are doing a series this November, this January titled The Jesus Summit. And under the Jesus Summit, last week I started speaking to you on the true vine. And we are trying to answer the question, who is Jesus? And we are looking at the seven I ams of Jesus. Can we put the seven I ams of Jesus on the screen? The seven I ams of Jesus. In John 6.35, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. In John 8.12, Jesus said, I am the life of the world. In John 10.7, Jesus said, I am the gate for the sheep. In John 10.11, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. In John 11.25, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. In John 14.6, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And in John 15 verse 1, Jesus said, I am the true vine. So if we're looking for who Jesus is, these are the seven things Jesus himself said, I am. Okay? These are the seven things Jesus himself said, I am. Jesus himself said, I am. Why are people standing? Why are chairs? You didn't get a chair from TC House? Why are people standing? Chairs are coming in? Okay. Okay. No, it's okay. I didn't ask anybody to get up. Everybody sit back. Sit back. Pastor Associate, I know that you are going to do your best. Sit back. Sit back. There, sh there should be no movement whilst I'm, I'm, I'm sharing God's word. So Jesus himself said seven things that he is. And last Sunday, we started looking at one. He said, I am the true vine. I am the true vine. Because Jesus understood the relationship between a vine and a branch. So in Matthew 7, 17 to 20, Jesus said, Even so, every good tree bears good fruit. But a bad tree bears bad fruit. I am a good... A good tree cannot bear bad fruit. Nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruit, you will know them. So you are known by your fruit. Your fruit represents your character, your achievement, your attitude. The things you do, Jesus says, by your fruit, they will know you. And because Jesus knows that by your fruit, you will be known, he's provided us. Jesus said there are two types of trees. A bad tree and a good tree. Okay? So Jesus has provided us with a good tree. And the condition for being, bearing good fruit is that 
You should be a branch of that good tree. So last week I established that, didn't I? Now this week we want to look at part 1B of last week. I am the true vine. And we are looking at part 1B of the I am the true vine. Are you here with me? Part one. You see, as a present place church, don't miss Sunday services. Because if you miss one Sunday service, it becomes difficult to catch up. But your bishop teaches in series. And every series, every series I do has a potential of transforming your life. I believe that I'm one of the best preachers in the world. How many of you believe that? Because I believe. Jesus, you see, if you don't, if you are, you are not able to say I am, nobody will. I said, I believe that I am one of the best preachers in the world. Amen. I'm one of the best preachers in the world. And you can make decisions based on my preaching and be well with you. If you want to make heaven, if you want to make heaven, make decisions based on what I preach. You will make heaven. No two ways about that. No two ways about that. I'm a born again pastor. I am not afraid to teach you the, the, the whole counsel of God. One time Jesus preached eh, and people started leaving him. And now, it has happened to me before. I preached against 419 eh, and people who have vowed, who vowed that daddy, we will be with you, we will buy you cars, we will help you go chapel. All of them abandoned me. Because I preached against 419. And I'm still preaching against 419. Yeah. You, you, know, you know why? Because I am a born-again pastor. I'm a born-again pastor. Oh, people abandoned me. I mean, at one point, at one point, I saw about 300 people leave church. Leave church in six weeks. I'm telling you, yeah. Every Sunday I come to church, you see empty chairs. People kept living. But I see the Bible say that servants do not abide forever. But sons abide forever. So I, I now I now I know my sons. I know my sons. I know them. Now one day Jesus preached a sermon. Eh? When Jesus preached a sermon, people started leaving him. And he asked them, Are you will you also go? Sometimes eh, you are not sure of who is with you. If we're a good preacher, eh, you are not always sure of who is smiling but has something against you. Yeah. The Bible says, even in laughter, the heart aches. So people will be laughing with you, but their heart is aching. But this thing I've been preaching since I was 14 years old. For 14 years I've been preaching. And I, I'm, I'm not changing. Like today, today I'm going to share with you something that will help you. Okay, so let's, let's look at today's scripture. Let's look at today's scripture. Now today I'm talking on how to remain in Christ. How to remain in Christ. How to remain in Christ. So let me look at the scripture. Let me look at this. John 15, 1 to 10. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. And every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Now, look at this. Then, then 
then a certain word begins to appear in Jesus' conversation. Remain in me. Number one, remain in me. As I also remain in you. So we see remain two times. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain. So a third remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Number four. I am the, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain, number five, in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, that's number six, eh? Or five. That's six. You are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Set branches are picked up and thrown into fire and burned. If you remain in me, seven, in me, and my word remain in you, eight, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is my father's, this is to my father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. As the father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in me. How many times? How many times? Nine, if you keep my commands, you will remain in me. Ten, you remain in my love. Just as I have kept my father's command, remain in me. Eleven, and if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Twelve, just as I have kept my father's command and remain in his love. Thirteen, ah. So this whole sermon in John 15, Jesus, this same whole sermon, the sermon I believe that should be titled, How to Remain in Me. Jesus is titled, How to Remain in Me. How to Remain in Christ. Jesus was arguing from the fact that if a branch does not remain in the tree, that branch will die, it won't bear fruit. So he kept saying, remain in me. In other words, build a very powerful and strong relationship with me. Remain in me. Can I show you the meaning of the word remain? Okay, so remain, the word remain is two words put together. R-E, which the English teachers will say is a, is a preface. It's a preface. It's, 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 it's a word you put in front of another word that gives it a different meaning. Okay, so when you say, when you say X something, X what? X husband, it means former husband, isn't it? At that one Christ taught like one word. So, so there are some words when you add them to another word, it gives that word different meaning. So over here, re-main, re means to do again. Re means to do again. A main. When I say you are a main man, means you are a very important person. Remain main means important and crucial. So all the time Jesus was saying, remain in me, remain in me. He was saying that, do again the most important things in your Christian life. Do again. You see, the Christian life becomes successful if you know how to do important things repeatedly 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 like you should be praying repeatedly 
Like Monday to Thursday, I'll be having morning devotions with you. Johnny, don't join the devotion. Don't join the devotion Monday. And then Tuesday, you said, my caca has come. So I'll not join. And then you come on Wednesday. And then even Wednesday, you come 15 minutes when I'm about to close. And then you join in. No, 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 no. Jesus said, remain in me. Do the most important things repeatedly over a long period of time. Don't stop. Don't stop praying. Do it again. Do it and do it and continue to do it. Don't pay tight today and the next month you don't pay it. Do the things repeatedly. If you want God to bless you with tithing, pay it every month. Pay it and continue to pay it. Now, praise him under every circumstance. Praise him and praise him. Purity, walk in holiness consistently. Do it again. Over and over. Whatever you are doing that is, that is pleasing God, continue to do it. Don't give up. See, don't come to choir rehearsals today and then tomorrow you don't come. The secret of blessing, the secret of food bearing is to do the important things in your ministry repeatedly. Okay? Repeatedly. Do it and do it and do it. Remain in me. In other words, Jesus said, Jesus said, do in me the important things consistently. Now, you don't, you don't come to church because you feel like coming. You come to church because it is part of remaining in Christ. It's one of the most important things you must do. So that you can bear fruit. So that you can bear fruit. If you want to bear fruit, do it. Baby girl, she's looking at me so dear. My dear, you have to do it consistently. You have to pray. You have to join the devotion in the house consistently. When mommy wakes you up, eh? come with a smile. Come with a smile. My 13-year-old girl was just looking at me like that. But she knows the things she must do consistently. Consistently, I'm telling you. Pray every day. Praise God under every circumstance every day. Have a thankful lifestyle. A thanksgiving lifestyle. When you wake up, thank Him. When you go to town and you get back home, before you do anything, before you do anything, thank him. Enter his day with us. Thanksgiving creates his presence over you. There are very important things in the Christian life. Eh? But we can't do it once in a while. We have to do it consistently. Are you here? We have to do it consistently if we want to remain in him. And that's what will make us bear fruit. You have a you have a doom so Christian life. Today you are on fire. The next time your fire is gone. Tomorrow you are on fire for the Lord. And then you will make a vow. And then you will say, I will do this for the Lord. And then you say, I will come do this for the Lord. And then the time you realize, you have stopped doing it. We can't depend on you. You are not reliable. Last month you brought your tithe. We were happy that, oh, now your zeal has come. The following month, you don't bring your tithe. Just somebody has offended you. Now I'm going to show you how, how you can remain in him. So I'm going to use the remain as an acronym to show you how you can remain in him. Okay? 
I'm going to show you how you can do the important things consistently. Walk in holiness. If you tell that boy, I won't let you sleep with you with me again. Be consistent. Be consistent. Okay? Then that's where you will bear fruit. You see, I've preached, sir. I've preached. I've preached, sir. I'm bearing fruit, though. I have prayed, sir. I'm bearing fruit. I have, I have been consistent. I have been very, very consistent. Since I came here, every week, two days of my life is for counseling. I preach three times a week and counsel, um, and, and counsel two times a week. Every Tuesday and Thursday, I'm there. They're important for the Lord. I'm there. I'm doing it. I don't have excuses. I'm just doing it. Look at me standing here. The whole of last year, I preached and I preached and I preached to you. And I preached to you because between me and Christ, it's one of the most important. He has called me to be a preacher. So I have to do it consistently. And I have to do it. Okay? I cannot say, oh, I preached yesterday. I preached. I'm, I'm tired. Let, let, let me go and look for. I used to have a friend of mine. You always had a guest speaker in this church. And then when you, when you go to his church and you're a guest speaker and you are preaching, he will go to his office. So I'm going to do something I'll come back. I said, this guy will lose his church very soon. Now he has lost his church. Oh yeah, he has lost his church. You can always have guest preachers. No, no, you can't. You, you, I'm the pastor here. Whether you like my sermon or not, it is your matter. I am the one who is called to be your pastor. I am responsible for you. I am in charge. I will report about you to God. I am in charge of your souls. Those that rule it over your souls. It's in the Bible. So me, me, I'm responsible for your souls. So I don't look at your faces. When I'm preaching and you are frowning your face, I don't look at your face. I am not responsible for your face. I'm responsible for your soul. Whether you come to church in Talawate, or you come to church in Seuss, or you come to church with your hair done or not done, that is not my business. I'm in charge of your soul. It, it is not my business to be a hairdresser. I'm not a hairdresser. I'm, I'm not a hairdresser. I'm not a fashion um, icon. So I can tell you that your clothes is not nice. Your clothes. When I was a younger preacher, I used to do that. I used to tell people, your hair is not good. Your, your hair is not that. Your hair is not this. And then when I was a younger preacher, I used to do that. But as I grew in preaching, I realized that I am responsible for your souls. And it's your soul that will stand before God on the judgment day. And, and how will I fail if on the judgment day I see you going to hell? And I was your pastor. Hey! So that's, that's what you see. I'm not going to lose a crown because of you. That God will look at me and God will say, this person was your, your prayer warrior. But he's going to hell because you did not preach everything I asked you to preach. Because you were afraid that some people will leave you. So you did not preach it. You are, you are afraid that some people will leave you so you did not preach it. And so this person is going to hell because of you. You were afraid to talk against fornication. So this person is going to hell because of fornication. You were afraid to talk against 419. And this person is going to hell because of 419. You were afraid to talk against 
um, alcohol. And this person is going to hell because of alcohol. And I'm telling you, some people will go to hell because of alcohol. You know why they will go to hell? You know why? You are a disobedient servant of the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they will see you off. And for those who will go to hell because of alcohol, I will tell the angel of the Lord, this one, dear, don't take my crown away from me. I really preached it. I say, Lord, I for fornication, I preached it. I for adultery, I preached it. I for 419, I preached it. I for, Lord, I preached the whole, your whole council. But I see, in a sheepfold, in a church like this, in a sheepfold, they are not only sheep, they are also goats. Goats are stubborn. <laughs> Look at somebody, ask the person, are you good? Ask the person, are you the good the man of God is talking about? They are also they are also pigs. Pigs. Say, are you are you Mister or Mrs. Piggy? Yeah, yeah. They are also pigs. They are also snakes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you are you are you brothers? Are you brother serpentine or sister serpentine? Yeah, yeah. In the sheepfold, you will find all these things. So you see, as I'm preaching right now, those who are sheep, they are listening. They are repenting, and those who are goats, they are looking at me some way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are looking at me some way. But, you see, I don't care. No, this year I've decided that I'm taking less appointments outside. I want to spend the whole year teaching you. I'll be... I'll be, I'll be with our churches, our churches in the UK in February. But by March I'll be here. And I've asked um, a to come and teach on marriage. I've asked Dr. Mills to come here and teach you. And our pastors here also support them. In February, I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll be back this year. I will teach you, sir. I will teach you and teach you and teach you until I know that you are a gold that has gone through the fire and you are shining. Do you know that? Do you know? I'm not asking you to like me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, you see, you see, if everybody in your congregation likes you, then you are not a good pastor. I love it when I see some people hate me. And they are still in the church and they won't go. And they yes, Lord Jesus. I say, yes, Lord Jesus. The person hates me, but still knows I'm a good pastor. So the person will not go. No, no, if you like, ask the, the, the gossip group international. Who, yeah, yeah, who are in the church. They meet. They gossip about me. They gossip about mommy. They gossip about us, about our children and everything. And yet they do not leave. You, you ask why they are not leaving. Because they know I'm a good pastor. In Christ alone, my hope is love. They even know I don't know how to sing, but they are still here. <laughs> okay, so, so let me show you the, the things you should do. Eh? So I'm using remain as an acronym. So you see, I'll start with words like, that begin with R-E-M-I-A, you know, and A-I-N, and then we'll close. I'll close this soon. Next week will be serious. Next week, I'm going to show you the five types of fruits that you bear if you remain in Christ. Okay? And then I'll conclude the series on, on the branches that do not bear fruit and why they don't bear fruit. I'll show you. Okay? So four Sundays, I'm just teaching on 
I'm just teaching on I am the true vine for four Sundays. Then when I come back, I'll teach on I am the way. And then I'll talk on finding purpose and direction in Christ. And I'll show you that this life is a journey and Jesus is the only way. Any other way leads to hell. And I'll show you in that series. So don't miss it. And invite friends. Invite your friends. Like, like next Sunday, how to bear fruit. Invite all your friends to come. Okay? Bless. Okay, so, so let me teach you. Number one. Number one. You, have to, you need to have rock solid foundation. If you want to remain in Christ, you need to have what I call rock solid foundation. Peter, you got a rock solid foundation. Rock solid foundation. Rock solid foundation. And, and let me show you how to have a rock solid foundation. Matthew 7, 24 and 25. Therefore, everyone who hears, who hears, who hears, who hears these words of mine. Everyone who hears. The people who are hearing me preaching one now. Everyone who hears these words of mine. And puts them into practice. It's like. It's like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And you understand? When you hear what Jesus is saying to you through me, and you put it into practice, don't be a hearer, be a doer of the word. Like right now, after I've preached, eh, look at your life, you change. And then you begin the whole of the week. You are acting on it. Then you are acting on it. You are acting on it. The Bible says that you are wise. And then do you know what happens? The Bible says that you become like a man who built his house on a rock. You become like a man who built his house on a rock. Hear this. The rain came down. The stream rose. And the wind blew. And beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it has its foundation on the rock. This is Jesus. You know the man who's, who I'm, I'm told, I'm not so sure, 100% sure. There are a lot of things, but, but it's a, um, uh, and this song we like singing in our um, weddings, where we are happy. Um, oh, it's a hymn. It's a hymn. The man who was going to preach, and he put his wife and five daughters, and four daughters, uh, it is well, it is well with my soul, with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. That song, eh? That song, the ambassador who wrote it had his wife and four daughters in a car, in a boat, in a boat to go to wait for him. He was going to do a crusade. So he asked them to take the lead. He would follow them. He would follow them. So they were going and the boat capsized. And his wife and four daughters died. And he told them to take him to where they died. Where the boat capsized. Then when they took him there, you see the area of the sea or of the, or the lagoon, I don't know, where the boat capsized. And when he got there, he wrote this song. It is well, it is well. With my soul, with my soul. It is well, it is well. With my soul. It is well. With my soul. 
this hundreds right now. You see, it is well. It is well. It is yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's until until the church backslided. These were the songs we were singing at weddings. Now, now at weddings, somebody wants us to sing a wedding love song. They want, they want, they want a song like that. They are no me. That they are working. A crystal for a Christian. You see, but you see, it is this song sang, the man's children were dead. And yet he did not, and wife. They all died. His family wiped out. And then he said, It is well. You see, when people, when you see people like that, eh, whose faith hits that level. It means that they have been doers of God's word. They have been doing Listen, the same ones have been preaching in this church. Eh? If we are all practicing it, like by now, we will all become angels. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you. That we all become angels. If you want to have a strong, solid foundation, a rock solid foundation in Christ, practice what you hear us preach. Okay? Practice it. And nothing. Jesus said, the storms will come. The, the storms will arise. The rain will fall. The winds will beat against your house. Jesus did not promise us a trouble-free Christian life. Some things will hit you very hard. When you, when you feel that, this one, they have self go power, and then it will hit you. But you have a rock foundation that is practicing God's word. And I can tell you stories of how many pastors. Look at Bishop Doug's son died. And the next Sunday, the man was in the pulpit preaching. And then when he was preaching, he said something. He said, somebody called him and said, are you all right? And he said, well, how can you ask me, am I all right? My son is dead. My medical doctor's son is dead. Even Kubola sons, when they die, parents cry. This is a medical doctor's son. He has died. And you're asking me, am I all right? I'm not all right. So Bishop Dad, it wasn't like he was all right. But his rock, his, he felt the beating of the storm. He felt it. He felt the pain of the storm. But his foundation was too strong. Now, please understand that these people are not strong because they are pastors. They are strong because they are good Christians. They are practicing Christians. They are active Christians. Practicing Christians. They practice God's word. You don't have a Bible of your own. You, even on your phone. Okay, you don't have a Bible. Today you didn't come to church with Bible. And your phone too is young. So what, what, are, you, what are you talking about? You are not a practicing Christian. There are people here writing, writing. There are people here writing. Today, some of you, when I finish this sermon, I'll go to Facebook to see whether you shared it. Because that's evidence that you went to listen to it again. I know all of you, your names. Yeah. I'll go and look at it. 
So you have to have a rock solid foundation. You have to study God's word. You have to study God's word. And when you hear us preach it, go back to Facebook. Play it to yourself. Pray it over and over. And write it down. And God will give you revelation. And then you practice it. You practice. Okay, number two. Number two. Number two. Examination of the self. The you remain. If you want to remain in Christ, you have to consistently examine yourself. Yeah. Second Corinthians 13 5. 13 5. Examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fit the test. Can I tell you something? So, when our church was in the wooden structure, one December, the year that Mami Sewa was born, one December, the whole of the Christian mommy and I couldn't celebrate. We had nothing. Most of the people in our church were all strugglers and hustlers. So we had nothing. So I think 31st watch night service that some brethren came to church and gave us envelopes. So when we finished the service, I told my mommy was then pregnant with Mami Sewa. Then I told mommy that Charlie, this whole Christmas has been a very dry Christmas for us. But because our foundation is strong, we have survived it. And we have come to preach the Lord. And mommy led praise and worship that night. So, so let's go. Let's go to Katamato. Um, we're going to Abobulushi to get some things to come and cook. At least first January, we must eat something. Our soul must rejoice. We must eat something. So we drove. Whilst we were away going, mommy told me, oh, Charlie, this baby has kept long, but I'm feeling some way in my body. Wasn't anything at all. Let's, let's just drive through 37. But we're passing through 37. Let me beg some nurse to examine you. I want to beg some nurse to examine you. Then we got there. The nurse, the midwife examined mommy. And then she screamed, hey, you are dilating. And then she mentioned how big the dilation was. And said, you would have given birth in the market. Come on, don't go again. I was so disappointed. My, my fufu was gone. <laughs> my Mr. Wad decided that the day her mother was coming to cook for me, fufu on 1st January was the day she was going to come. So I had to drive back. We had some small Suzuki. I had to drive back to come and get mommy's things. By the time I got there, mommy had given birth. But you see, mommy would have given birth on the market if we had not gone for examination. Are you here with me? If we are not going for examination. So examination, my, my sister's 27-year-old son, who was an economist, had graduated from the university with a first degree in economy uh, five years ago or six years ago, died like my sister also died. They, they, they used to come to church on a regular basis. And one day we saw something, a lamp on the thing right or left-hand side of the, of the young man. And... They come and then my my mommy will say, Oh, have you gone to hospital? So the boy said, Oh, I went to do some um, gym thing and I felt some pain there. Is the reason? So one day they came. Mommy said, No, 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 no. He said, You have to go. So mommy gave them money, said, Go and check. When they went to check, it was cancer. And he died two years later because it had gone too deep. We did everything, he died. So sometimes uh, you'll be walking 
and doing things as if you are healthy, as if everything is fine. But you check yourself into a hospital, you realize that. So you say that somebody died in his sleep. He died peacefully in his sleep. What kind of thing is that? No death is peaceful. Death is a bad thing. No, he died peacefully in his dream. No, no, that cannot happen. So people check themselves, especially if you have a reason to live. You consistently have to go. Every six months, I go. They check everything of mine. They check everything of mine. After a certain age, your prostate is, is under threat. You have to check it. I have BP machine in the house. I have um, sugar testing machine. Everything. I even have oxygen mask sitting somewhere. The dad don't feel like breathing well. I'll put it on me before they take me to the hospital. No, no, I have too many things to live for. I'm not going to joke. Now, in the same time with your Christian life, you may have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead in your Christian life. So you have to constantly examine yourself. Sit down and say, am I praying well? Am I stead- Why am I not studying God's word like the way I used to study? Why don't I love church? Like the way I used to love church. But you know that if you are sick, if you are sick of diabetes and you tell your wife, you are the one who you were feeding me, you were feeding me with sugar things. And then look at me. Are you crazy? Did, did the wife force the food into your mouth? No. That's how it tastes. In your Christian life, you can't blame anybody. You cannot say that, hey, I stopped the choir and because somebody eyed me in the choir. Somebody didn't like me, so I stopped it. No, no, no. You have to examine yourself. There's something wrong. You let the protocol because there's something wrong. You let the women fellowship because there's something wrong with you, not them. You let the choir because there's something wrong with you, not them. You let the church because there's something wrong with you, not the church. Now, when you come to that place where you feel that everybody must change except you, your wife must change, your church must change, your friends must change, they realize that you are not examining yourself. I know men who tell their wives, hey, can't you see how, how mommy is to daddy? Why can't you be like that to me? Brother, brother, let me tell you this. The change must not come from your wife. It must come from you. Mommy is a reflection of me. I'm a reflection of mommy. Let me tell you something that happened. So this morning I went to mommy's room. And her normal smiling welcoming was not there. Good morning, my dear. Good morning. But we had said, I knew this one, there's something wrong. I said, are you okay? So no, I'm not okay. Yesterday you came to my room and you were on your phone. So wow. I'm sorry. Then I went, did my everything, came back to the room. I said, listen, I am not coming to your room with my phone again. And I, he said, he said listen, no, I'll leave. When I'm going to a room now, I'll leave my phone. Even if the president of this country is calling me. I am with a woman who has loved me and married me for 30 years. Hey! So the next time I also say, there's something you are doing I don't like, she will remember that this is the man who left his phone to be with me. And man, you know how we love our phones. Yeah. But what is what is iPhone to Lady Olivia? 
No comparison. No basis for comparison. Are you here? So examine yourself. And you know why I do that? Because listen, if if I tell mommy I don't like this, that's it. She went to do some hair this week, and I didn't comment on the hair. You just oh, and you didn't like this hair, because you didn't comment on it. People are saying it's nice. I say yeah, because they are uh, shy of you. But me, I'm not. Then I just woke up one day. I just woke up one day. She's gone out of the house. Why is my wife? I call her I'm in the salon. So what are you doing in the salon? You just went to fix your hair. He said, I'm removing it because you didn't comment on it. That is it. You, your husband, said, I don't like this hair. And that's what I like. <laughs> I don't like this clothes. And so, have you bought me a new one? Have you bought me a new one? And then you want your husband to behave like Bishop Tisnofer. Hey, I have Lady Olivia. Hey! Am I preaching to someone here? So please, even in your marriage, eh, examine yourself. When you see your husband is cold, examine yourself. Your wife is cold, examine yourself. When you, you are coming to church, you are realizing that nowadays, when daddy preaches, I don't feel it. I haven't changed though, the same anointing. The problem is you, oh brother. You are, you, eh, your spirit is not opened. Your spirit is not opened. You are not praying like you used to pray. Like this 14 days fast. You will fast. It started today, but you have eaten. Yeah. The 14-day fast started today, but you have eaten. And we are continuing tomorrow in the evening. We'll be here. And then Friday, pastors, I'm declaring the weekend, the supernatural weekend. So Friday morning, we'll be at Atwater Forest, 6 to 9. And then in the evening, we'll have an all-night. We'll have an all-night at... Um, so I'm giving announcement now. I have an all night at the prayer chamber. I'll show you the one I finished preaching. And then Sunday we'll have a service here. I'll continue this series. But Sunday evening we'll meet for anointing and communion service. And we'll repeat the same pattern the following week. So our 14-day fast is over. Okay? And do it. Don't say, oh, I'm taking drugs. Oh, nowadays my work, brother, it's not your, it's not your work. You, you, are, you have just examined yourself. You will see that you are, you are falling. You examine yourself, you will see that you are falling. Okay? Okay. Next. Now, see, if you want to remain in Christ, mind your own business. If you want to remain in Christ, eh, I will tell you something you should do. Mind your own business. And I'm going to explain. First eh? Thessalonians 4.11. And to make you to ambition to live a quiet life, you should mind your own business and work with your hands, just as we told you. So how to live a quiet life? Two things. Mind your own business and work with your hands. You see? You see? You are involved in too many things in this church, too many stories in this church. People's matters, you are involved. You have not been invited over. Somebody is quarreling with another person in this church. And both of them are not telling you the truth. But you are involved. Ah, he said that to you and you let the person. Ah, I would have. Wait. You wait. That the next time you meet the person together with the one who was offended. The one who was offended is standing. You are the one doing the fight. 
please mind your own business. Can you look for that scripture that says that getting into a quarrel you do not know is like holding the ears of a stray dog? Look for the scripture, put on it, let me close. So please listen. Mind your own business. Be, be, listen. On the judgment day, on the judgment day, on the judgment day, you will, you will be the only person answering questions for yourself. Okay? On the judgment day, that is it. Even me, the pastor, your bishop, I respect your space. If you have a problem and you will not tell me and I know about it from another source, I won't call you about it. I respect your space. I will look at you until you are ready to tell me. I am not involved in every... You are not a pastor. You are not a pastor's wife. You are not a pastor here. But you are involved in more matters than I am involved. Some of them, they haven't called you. You will call the person. Uh, I, nowadays, when you come to church, I don't see you coming with your husband. I sense there is a problem. And you know, I, I just call to encourage you. Sister, be encouraged, eh? Be encouraged. I just want to know that. I just want you to know that I'm available for you. And I'll be praying for you. And I'll be standing with you. That is a gossiper looking for information. Ah! Is that your matter? Um, man of God, I realize that by the way, I've asked Apostle Abraham to start a church at Afienia. He take a phone. A man of God, how is the Afienia branch? Oh, we are praying with you. Why you yourself? You're not even praying for yourself. We are praying with you, eh? We are praying with you, eh? Everything will be all right, eh? Everything will be all right. I know how difficult this might be for you, having been with us all these years. And suddenly, suddenly, you have been asked to go to Afenia. I know it's going to, but do they give you a fuel when you are going? <laughs> oh, brother, we are praying with you, eh? We are praying with you. We are, we are with you. Mind your business. You know, sometimes eh, we get ourselves involved in things that we are not supposed to. Yeah, one of my sons left this church. We were all right until people started interfering. And telling him things. And all those who spoke to him, I know. Because a friend of mine went to him to do something. And then the friend said, Oh, yeah, I know you have left your daddy's place. But I don't think you should, you should disconnect from him. You should be having a relationship with him. He said, eh, but he has said this. So what are you hear? Oh, this person came to tell me this. This person has said, and these people who went to say those things to separate me and my son are still in this church. They call me daddy. Oh, yeah, yeah. They call me daddy. And when I have to pray for them, I pray for them with my heart. Clean heart. I lay my two hands upon them. But it's God that will answer that prayer. I don't know how God is going to answer the prayer. So please, no, I beg you, mind your own business. Okay? Be less involved in other people's... If they invite you, fine. But if they invite you, you have to be very prayerful about it. Oh, sister, you've been married for some time. Baby is not coming. I'm praying for you. What is your problem? What is your problem? If they must they bond, 
Is it by force that they should born? Is it by force that they should have babies? Listen, if you want to remain in Christ, eh, don't entangle yourself with things that will rather come and hurt you and hit you very hard. Remain in Him and use these principles to remain in Him. Oh, that is why you're saying that we shouldn't care. He said, that is not caring, you know. That is you trying to infiltrate into somebody's private life. May the Lord help all of us. Okay, number the next one, D. Anticipate attacks. First Peter 5, 8. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a rolling lion, looking for someone to devour. So all the time, you have to be prayerfully alert. Now, next week, or next two weeks, I'll show you how Satan can take you away. One of the things that takes us away from Jesus is success. I've seen some of you young men here who came the seven, seven very well, and God has now blessed the works of your hands. And suddenly, you have stopped serving. Suddenly, you are coming to church late. Suddenly, people are calling you boss. Suddenly, you have stopped what you were doing. You are doing. Be sober and be vigilant. Let me show you seven signs. I'll say three of them. That the devil is about to attack you. Number one, when your prayer life goes down. Number two, when your Bible study lies go down. Number three, when your love for the assembling of the brethren, like this, goes down. If you are watching your watch whilst I'm preaching right now, you, you know. The devil is looking for you. Number four, when you become sexually immoral. Number five, when you stop your financial obligation to the Lord. These things, is are signs that the devil is about to attack you. Number six, when you become familiar with God and his servants. Okay? Then you know the devil is about to attack you. So you have to be very, very careful. Watch these things. When you see these things are happening, the devil is about to hit you. He can hit you with sickness. He can hit you with depth. He can hit you with something suddenly. Number seven, when you get confidence in yourself and you find security in your achievement. You think that you have this money in the bank, nothing will happen to you. Go and ask the, the individual bondholders. The, the people who have invested big money. Today, government says, we don't have money, you can't take it. Somebody has to wait for 15 years. One man said, I am 65. In our family, the men don't grow above 80. So it means I'm going to die. We are going to hold my money till I die. So, so that your small money in your account, that you feel that you, you, have, a, you have security. You are under security. You have to be very careful. That job you have, that you, that now that I've landed this job, I will respect nobody. That husband you have, that you have married for only for a few years, that you think that you have, can disconnect from people who matter in your life. You can even disconnect from God. These things, they are not security. They are not security. Anything can happen. So anticipate attacks. E. Interrogate the sermons you hear. Interrogate the sermons you hear. 
Don't just be happy that we are preaching. Question the things we preach. Acts 17 verse 11. And the people of Berea were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica. And they listened eagerly to Paul's message. They said the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. Today, um, yesterday, also I saw a video of um, a pastor preaching and saying that abrutre means um, um, in the Western word, abrutre means abroad. Okay, abroad. They have done some bars. When you sit inside the bars, they have done something in the bars. It will put sickness in you, and the sickness will enter into your mind. So, all the people in abroad, they should not take buses. They should take trains. <gasps> and congregation do a clapping their hands. Their prophets have seen the revelation. They were all clapping their hands. Then he said, next thing, I'm going to make sure that all of you, all the things happening there, it will not happen to you. Then they were clapping their hands. Like some of you will go to prophets. And the prophets will say, I'm calling your auntie who is dead. Or your uncle who is dead, or your father who is dead, and the prophet to say, Aha, waba, waba, ujinaha, aha, dead, kind of in Kasa, open your funeral. Okay, also for war, also for war. He's looking for baby. You are the mother who died, he's looking for baby. You took her womb away. Give me the baby, give me the womb for her, give me the, aha, give me the womb. And he's telling you, I'm seeing your mother's ghost, and your mother took your womb. That's why I don't give you back. Magic, we just show him. And then, yeah, 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 and people are clapping. You can't remain. Listen, you can't remain in Christ with this kind of with this kind of nonsense. No, it's a reason why people are leaving the church. Because people have followed prophets, have listened to them, and their lives are in a mess now. So people are leaving the church. They are disappointed. Manipulative pastors who manipulate you and take money from you and all manner of things. That's some of you sitting here right now. Even times you don't pay. But you go to other prophetic meetings. Then they will ask you. Go and empty your account. And then you run like a fool. Then you run and go and try checks and empty everything. And then go and put it down. You know why God is blessing me and mom? We are Bible believers. We judge our lives by the Bible. Even the life we live, it is judged by the Bible. We set the scriptures. Anybody who preaches you, anybody can lay hands on you. Anybody at all can lay hands on you. You think that those of us who don't see the ghost of your mother, we are not anointed. I can see it, oh, get up. Right now, I can see. No, no, I can see. I see your mother standing there. How, how will you verify? And at your age, your mother should be old. If she's still alive, she's seventy. But, uh, your mother, seventy-eight. Your mother, I said, "Bro, be sad." The three me a fita, and I'm a boy. prophecies. I believe in prophets. I believe I'm very genuine prophets. But I'm saying that whatever a prophet tells you must be judged by the scriptures. 
Whatever any man of God speaks to you, God should have already been talking to you and it should be a confirmation. And because you don't pray, because you don't study the word, because you, don't, you want an original word from somewhere. There's nothing original from anywhere. We know in parts and we prophesy in parts. So the parts that we know, when we tell you, it comes to confirm the parts you already know. And they click and they move. Be very careful. Okay. Last one, never give up. Never give up. Romans 8.35 Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Look at this. By you, what is separating you from the love of Christ? Sex, alcohol, papaya, shawarma, <laughs> shawarma. Some of you even watch it and separate it. Yeah, 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 Because if you go and sleep in the boy's house in the morning, you get watch it. So you go and sleep that each watch it in the morning. Watch it can separate you. Small quarreling can separate you from the love of Christ. I the church, the people there, they are bad. They quarreled with me. No, I'm not going to church again. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble? No trouble. It should not. Shall trouble? Or hardship? Or persecution? Or famine? Or nakedness? Or danger? Or sword? Can I use you? You see this woman? The way she's following me. I married her at 22. That been following me like this, and she be telling people, "What can separate me from the love of Yofi? Nothing, nothing." Sometimes, sometimes I ask myself, "The places I used to, I, I, mommy be there, I say we are going to Teshi." It's okay. I said we are going to knock out to work there. She said okay. I said we are coming to Sprinters to plant a church. She said okay. And I said I'm going to get resident for us in a country outside Ghana. I said, okay. I always ask myself, if I had not married mommy, would I have gotten to where I am? Because the okays have helped me. But it was one thing. What shall separate us? See, the same way I've worked with this woman. See, this woman is like the church. I am like Christ. That's the, that's the, that's the mystery about the, this thing. See, about marriage. I'm like Christ. I must... I must I must show myself to be a good Christian. And that I must show her the love that Christ showed the church. So that she can submit to me and follow me. This is the way, this is the way God wants you to do. Nothing shall separate you. Nothing. Nothing. When, when we were young and as away studying in Europe, was a nice young girl. Some of my my friends were eyeing her. <laughs> but what shall separate her from the love of Yofi? When we were in Teshi, sometimes we didn't eat. There was no food. What shall separate? No hardship. Not a hardship could separate her. She, when she was pregnant with Kevin, she went to see the doctor three times. The rest, I poured oil, anointing oil on her stomach. 
He was still with me. The first time I saw a baby move in her tummy was because she hadn't eaten almost the whole day. And the baby was angry. Kevin was very, very angry. Why you have not fed my mother to feed me? The baby was moving. She has built being with me. What we have passed through for her to be with me is amazing. And in the same way Christ wants you to walk with him. No matter the hardship. Sorry. So she's a very private person. She doesn't like it when I do these things. But once I separate her out, nothing. Even when I do the things she doesn't like, she will still be with me. We'll close right now. We'll go home. We'll break our fast together. She will still be with me. 30 years of being together. And that's the way, that's the way we view our Christian life. That's the way we view our Christian life. I've said to her that I am your Christ and you are my church. I'm going to love you the way Christ loved the church. And I want you to submit to me the way the church must submit to Christ. And that's our principle. We have done this and for 30 years we are still together. Walk with Christ. Nothing shall separate you. Let nothing, like this weekend, don't let fasting separate you. Pass with us. Thank you. God bless you. I love you. I'll speak to you again. So this week, the pastors will be leading the prayer. I will be at the all night. I'll be at, I'll be at the services, but I'll not be the one leading the prayers. But they are, they are not your personal Holy Ghost, so you have to be here. Let's pray. Tomorrow evening, tomorrow morning, 5 a.m., I'm praying with you on. So go to Facebook, Bishop Gideon City of Fair. I'll be there at 5 a.m. I'm praying tomorrow with you. I'm praying on Friday, on Tuesday with you, on Wednesday, on Thursday. And then Friday morning, we go to Ashwater Forest from 6 to 9 a.m., Station 20. If you want to go with us, join us at Accra Business School. It's just behind here. And pick the bus with us. And let's go. If you have a car, come with your car and pick some people. Let's go and pray. I'll lead you in prayer. I gave some 12 prophetic words during um, the 31st night. We're going to use to pray throughout. And we have already released the prayer topics. And they are there. The first are going to use it to pray. And I need you to be part of it. And God is going to bless you. Okay? Be part of the 14-day fast. We started today. And we are continuing till next Sunday. And every weekend is supernatural weekend. So join us. Let me pray with you. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your mighty word. Thank you for your word that has changed our lives today. Thank you for your word that has imparted us today. Father, make us doers of your word. Give us strong foundations. Help us to remain in you. That we will bear fruit. Help us, Lord, to remain in you. Strengthen our faith. Strengthen our faith. We give you glory, Lord. Amen.